Hey guys, it's Alicia Nicole here. Happy Sunday. It is April 28th and I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Um, motherhood with an 11 year old who acts 65 and a 12 year old soon to be 13 who thinks he's 21. Let me just say it is is such a joy yet astonishing and difficult yet exciting and complicated being a mom in I'm I just want to say this day and age um, and with the ages that I am currently dealing with because I just I, I'm I'm at a loss of words right now so let's take it to my 11 year old my 11 year old is the most sarcastic wisest nonchalant nine people loving yet the sweetest person that i know that's 11. <laughs> i mean this kid makes me want to pull my hair out scream love all over him just shower him with whatever it is that he wants and then yell and say, go to bed all in one breath. Um, some of you guys know that my youngest um, kind of took me through when he was first born. Um, not necessarily when he was first born, but well, yeah. So when he was first born, he did not know how to suck. So he went almost a whole three days without eating. And then he magically was like, okay, I want to eat now. And then he nursed on for about all the way up until six months. And then he started to, to uh, become ill. Um, he was rejecting food. He didn't want to do anything but nurse, 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 nurse. And then he started breaking out really, really bad. And then it went from downhill from about six months on until about two, two and a half years old. We pretty much lived in the hospital for a long time. So I dubbed my youngest son as my, um, he is my heart. He taught me how to love differently. He taught me what motherhood really was. Um, and he's just extremely special to me. Both of my children are, but he's just extremely, extremely special to me um, we did not think he was going to make it past two years old they were diagnosing him with failure to thrive he was not gaining any weight he was one years old looking probably nine months old for a while um, and then magically um, he just kept getting he just kept getting better and better and slowly but better and better. And he was still battling some issues, but he was just so strong and pushing through. Um, he's perfect now. Like he's just, he's perfect. Uh, my oldest son, he was my perfect child, my perfect baby. I gained just the amount of weight that I should have. He didn't make me stretch out. Um, labor was like fun, but 
not so fun, but it wasn't difficult either. Um, he never, ever, ever cried. When I say never cried, I mean, people didn't know if I had a real baby or not. He would like squim, swimmer a little, and then I would knew he would want to nurse. I would nurse him. His diaper needed to be changed. It got changed. He never cried. He walked very early, talked very early, very friendly, very happy baby all the time. Now he's 12, soon to be 13, and he has discovered a plethora of things. We're talking the internet, girls, exploring um, the lion game, um, testing the waters, wanting to be more independent, wanting to have money, wanting to do things that I don't think he should be doing at this particular age. Um, we're talking cell phone. We're talking wanting to drive like right now. We're talking about mom. Go ahead. You can send me away with my friends for a while. Such and such as brother's going to pick me up. Like very, very ready to be out into the world. And I am very, very nervous about that. And this episode is really going to be about my struggle with this phase of motherhood and my fears um my hardcore bottom lines in which i do not want to be crossed uh, we're talking about my judgment on if i am being too uptight versus not tight enough on certain areas we're talking about uh, my emotional standpoint on just having a soon-to-be teenager and how I'm coping with that and trying to let go. Um, there's a lot going on, and I just felt like I should, could share my experiences, my thought process, um, my worries, my questions, um, and concerns with anybody who is either A, going through, B, ready to get to it, or C, has already overcome it. Um, so my 12 year old has discovered porn. How do I know this? You say, because I caught him <laughs> and I kind of caught him. He fell asleep with it still running on his phone. And I just had to wake him up. And I said, is this what we're doing now? You know, we're supposed to be talking about things like this. And we had a conversation prior to it. And, um, you know, I told him that it was something that we should be discussing together and that he should wait until a particular age to look at this and explore it on his own and have a clear understanding of what is going on um, and who it is for and who it is not for, etc. And he quickly apologized and he just was like, Mom, you know, we had talked about it and I was I wanted to look it up and etc. Well, we're here now, so let's talk about it. And he just had so many questions. And he just was like, you know, and mom, why is he sucking? Why is she sucking on his penis? And I just had to be honest. And I said, because it feels good. And that's what, you know, men want to happen in a sexual relationship with a woman. And I said, but you need to understand that this should not be done with just anyone. Um, 
And he was like, well, why are they on camera? Why are they showing people stuff? And I'm just like, well, people tend to do this for money and entertainment purposes. Um, And it's for a particular explicit world for adults. I said, and you are not an adult and this is not for you. And I had to then compare it to adult movies versus kid movies. Um, You know, I had to explain to him like that so that he understood why it wasn't for him and when he would be ready for it. Um, He then began on to ask me when it was okay for him to start kissing girls and should he be kissing girls and what, you know, what is consent? We, we got into it, let's just say. And I hope that he continues to come to me with open questions like this all the time because it makes our relationship stronger it makes it trustworthy. Um, and it makes our relationship respectable. He also now wants to work and earn his own money. Like he wants to start working at the barbershop. And I gave him a nice notebook and told him like, hey, formulate a plan. When do you see yourself working? Don't forget you have to think about your chores. Don't forget you have to think about your homework and your studies and time for hanging out with your friends and et cetera and things like that. So he put this entire schedule together from Monday to Saturday. And I looked at it and I said, well, you don't have Sunday on here. He said, well, mom, you don't work on Sunday. So I just thought nobody works on Sundays. And I said, that's very, very well. So I was happy to know that he had been really watching me um, and what I was doing and that I was setting a good example for just having a rest day because I do work so much that he thought of the same. Um, We began talking about the summer and him wanting to go hang out with his friends um, and go to people's homes and possibly hang out with them in other settings like the arcade or the skating ring or go bowling and who's going to pick them up and if it's okay for him to call an uber and you know all these different things and i'm just like whoa 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 you're 12 like slow slow down you have when you're 14 to 15 years old to do these things and come to find out some of his friends are already doing these things and i hear about people telling me that they put their kids in ubers at 10 and 11 and 12 years old i'm scared i'm going to admit that i am scared um anything can happen you could put this in put them in the uber and you know they never make it to their destination you know anybody can take someone's child and that is ample opportunity and a and serving your child over to an adult to take at 12 years old and i don't think that he is capable nor street smart enough on how to handle himself in particular situations and circumstances. So the Uber thing is out. <laughs> Automatically it is out. Some of you parents may think it's okay. And, and, and I just, God bless your heart and your anxiety, but my heart and my anxiety is not there. I don't trust people very well. And I will drive him everywhere he needs to go until then. 
my children don't even take the bus. And I just remember having a conversation with my mom saying, Alicia, you were catching the bus at 11, 10 and 11 years old on your own. And I'm like, well, what was wrong with you? You didn't love me. (laughs) But it was a different time and a different setting. And it was just different then. Now I just feel like so much is happening. Everyone's child is being snatched. Um, people are getting assaulted and yet you know, I'm just, I'm a worry bee. I will admit it. And my inner anxiety, my inner worry will not allow me to succumb some of the things that he is asking. I am going to, I am slowly loosening <laughs> the mom leash to uh, let him do some things. He is allowed to go to stores by himself that are a little further away from home. He walks to school now and walks home from school and he calls me when he's in. Um, he is able to go to his friend's house and go to the courts by himself and come back. Um baby steps (laughs) over here for me baby steps um i guess i wanted to also inquire about how often you guys are talking to your children about what is happening in the world um i'm an avid fan of the today show in the morning as i'm getting dressed and getting ready for work and i get to catch about 35 40 minutes of it because i'm out the door by that time And the Today Show is capturing world news and my children come in and they watch it, you know, bits and pieces. And they have questions that I just sometimes cannot answer. And I'm wondering if you guys are having those conversations with your children about what is happening in the world. I think it's very important and it's very imperative that we are having these conversations because if not, they're going to have these conversations with somebody else. And they're going to start to formulate their own opinion and thoughts about what is happening. If you aren't there to kind of guide them and tell them exactly what is happening. You don't want them to get the wrong perspective of what is happening or the wrong interpretation of what they see happening. Um, my son saw some things that Donald Trump had said and that was going on and they were recapping and talking about it and he was like oh mom Donald Trump should just die and I said no just because you don't like someone does not mean they should die I am no way shape or form an avid fan of Donald Trump but I do not wish harm or death on anyone and I needed him to understand that where he could have easily said that around someone else who would have been like yeah I hope he dies yeah you know he should die he's a horrible person now I have someone has placed into his thought process that all people that are bad should die that's not true because people who are bad can turn themselves around and become good and so I don't want him to ever have that thought as if that's what's supposed to happen Because he could one day do some things that are really, really bad. And I would hate for someone to say, I wish he would die. And then actually try to do those things without him being able to redeem himself. So we have to be very, very careful, careful about 
what we're saying to kids, what we're allowing them to say, um, and etc. cetera. Um, <laughs> telling you guys, parenthood is not that easy. You cannot just feed them and get them dressed and send them off to school and think everything is great. It is not. People laugh at me, but every time my children have a birthday, it is a celebration for me as their parent. I kept them alive for a whole year, a whole year. Do you understand? A whole year. I need some type of recognition and achievement award and a birthday cake um, just for having them make it. It's, it's hard. It is extremely hard. I remember my son was running in the hallway and I was right there. He tripped over something, almost fell to the steps and I grabbed him so quickly and jerked him back. I just saved his life. I just saved his life. He could have fell down the steps, broke his collarbone, slammed his head into the table, blood everywhere. Now I got to rush him to the hospital. It could have been a mess. Could have been a mess. So I need some type of accomplishment award for keeping him alive, for keeping them alive. Parenthood. Um, wondering if they are feeling good as a person. As a kid, um, I worry about my youngest son, who is, has been typically smaller than most kids for um, reasons that I just mentioned earlier. <clears throat> but I was discovering that he was not making friends well and being bullied and, you know, finding out that he would be by himself a lot. And... um that made me really sad and like for the fact that my child is that child that is, you know, not making friends easy or being picked on. And my son is the least timid. He will accept the fact that, you know, you may not like him or. You don't want to play with him, but the whole bullying thing goes all but so far. And uh, one kid felt it. I guess my son just was turning all the cheeks and ran out because they kindly told me that, you know, this this has been a problem. We we have been dealing with it. We made it very clear. And um, she said, I just wanted you to know that Terrence, you know, stuck up for himself. And um, the kid got in his face and he asked him nicely and he didn't. And my son turned around and slapped him like she said he slapped him. <laughs> and I could do nothing but laugh and want to cry because the fact that he had just been tormented so much that he had come to his breaking point. And then I was like, well, what? This is a kid who is so sweet. Why? Why? And then I realized that sometimes my son can be an ass. He can be so sarcastic and mean and not really mean it. And kids don't like it. And um, apparently Terrence had said something that kids thought was funny and he wasn't trying to be funny and it hurt his feelings and he picked on him ever since. So then I had to deal with that. It is hard being a parent, guys. It really is. Every day is not the same. You don't know what you're going to get. 
when you wake up to be a parent. And parents of kids who are 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 years old, please listen to them. Listen to what it is that they have to say. I listen to what my kids have to say all the time. I still am very stern about my word is pretty much the last word. I know what's best for you, but I do allow them to express themselves to let me know how they are feeling and what they think and if their opinion matters in that particular time, then I will listen. I think as our children get older, we are so used to saying, do as I say, not as I do, or, you know, children are here to be seen, not heard. That's a false statement in a sense, in a sense. Everyone has a voice. Everyone should be respected. We need to listen. We need to understand. And we need to to be we need to be respectful because their feelings are extremely valid just as yours are and if we're not going to respect them at home we are telling them that no one's going to listen to them that they're children that they know nothing and that's not true by me running a mentoring program i let my girls vent and they get it out and a lot of it is they don't have good communication with their parents And it's sad and sometimes I feel so bad for them that they live in these particular households where they can't even express themselves with, you know, their their mother or with their fathers or their grandmothers. um, That they can't just breathe a little bit and have these open ended conversations that are very, very much warranted. I mean, if you don't understand how good it is to have a to have a good communication with your teenager Whew. you're going to be in a world of trouble. You're going to be in a, you're going to be in a house full of resentment, rebellion, having them rebel like crazy. They're going to shut down. Um they might even run away. They might even become disrespectful. They come out of character. That you're, you know, that you guys are not used to and it just, and it becomes worse. Um, You have to be careful. And I want everybody to make sure that they are having good communication with their kids. Talk to your kids. And if you have more than one child, be sure to have personal relationships with them individually. I take my kids out on dates where we all go together. And then that's been good ample time with them individually because they are not the same. They do not require the same things from me. Um, my youngest son wants to teach me things and ask me on a great deal of questions about the world and bugs and animals and how things work or why is this and why is that? My youngest son is more free spirit. He wants to have fun. He's into fashion and cell phones and tech. And he wants to hang with his friends. And he wants to know what I did at his age. And he wants to uh, be able to be a little bit more free. Um, 
he's so concerned about the future like I was in his age where my youngest is enjoying the age that he's in and he's living in it. We have to be so much more appreciative of the time that we're in with our kids right now because they are not going to be this age much longer. They're going to be more of an adult than they will ever be children. And they're not children for long. I was just telling someone that my children were just five and seven. And here they are, 11, soon to be 13. And I am just, I am not ready, but I'm getting ready. I don't want them to grow up, but I do want them to grow up. I hope and pray every day that I'm just doing a good job as their mother. Some days I don't feel like I do a good job. Some days I feel like I kick ass. I went and got my hair done early Saturday morning and my kids called me on the phone was like, Mom, are you coming home to make those omelets that we really like? And I'm like, yes, I am. Like, oh, they do appreciate my cooking. They do like stuff that I want them to have. So, you know, I felt really good being their mom on Saturday just from the smallest things, you know. They played ball and we got ice cream and you know, they asked me about, you know, me teaching Saturday morning. Like, how was it? And did all the girls show up? And we just had a really good day and I felt really, really good. There are some days where they drive me crazy and they call me every five minutes while I'm at work. Mom, are you coming home? Mom, Mike won't stop doing this. Mom, T won't stop doing that. They're arguing in the background. I don't want to eat that. I want to eat this. You know, and some days I just don't pick up <laughs> I know they don't want anything and I don't pick up the phone and when I don't pick up the phone you best believe they're sending me a text message and it's text messages are coming in from both sides they're coming in from one kid to the next kid complaining about each other so talk to your kids have good relationships with them I want you guys to write down all the things that you want them to know. Figure out and formulate a plan on how you want to talk to them. Make sure that they know that they can talk to you and that they are comfortable talking to you. Um, it is it is important. I'm trying to tell you, you don't want to lose your kids to TV and Internet and whatever's going out in the world because the world is not right. And you want to make sure you're putting respectable young women and young men into the world. Um, that we're being as honest as possible. Um, because they are, they are the future. They are now. I can't even say that. They are now. And we got to make sure that we are doing our best. And we are not perfect people. So yet we are not to raise perfect children. But we can raise great ones and we can be great people. Um, good is the death of great. So don't worry about trying to be good. Just do good and then you'll be great. Um, I've really wanted to have this conversation about parenting and where I am at in parenting with another parent, a father, a single father, since I am a single mom. I am not a single parent, 
Um, I tell people all the time that a single parent is a, is a parent who parents alone. I am a single mom, meaning I am separated from their father and I am not seeing anyone. They have a father who parents with me. So we co-parent and we're, we're doing good. We're getting better and better. It was rocky, you know, it was, uh, they're here and then they're there. And now we're more together in our decision-making where it used to be like, whatever your mom says, that's what's going on. Um, it's some, it's like that in some households. Um, and sometimes it's whatever he says, that's what goes. And it's like that in others. But, um, I am a single mom as their dad is a single dad. Well, not really, <laughs> but it is just important that you guys stay on one accord when parenting because it matters. You will hate to have, be teaching your kid one thing at this home and then teach them another thing at another home. And we make sure that we're on the same page at all times so that there is no way that we are playing one parent against the other and that there's no state of confusion. That's one thing kids don't need is states of confusion. That opens up a whole nother can of worms. Trust me, believe me, it does. I'm going to uh, end this. I hope to uh, get some good feedback from this. You guys do a good job giving me feedback with every episode. I know this is normally a podcast for uh, any and everybody but this was really really for um, my parents and my guardians and it could even be for an aunt who takes care of their nieces and nephews on you know on more than just a visit occasion you know they could be very very active in their lives so this is for anybody who has children in their lives at a substantial rate that could just be having some some problems and some issues. Um, see you guys uh, in a couple weeks.